dudes. Welcome to The Spin Podcast. I'm Reggie, and today's episode, we're featuring Buckadelic Rialto Natives Brain Story, recorded at my house in Long Beach, California. Hi, this is Everything Everything. This is Roddy from Idlewell. You're listening to The Spin. You're listening to The Spin. Hi, everybody. This is Juan Waters. This is Chassie. We are Napier. And you're listening to The Spin with Reggie. All right, so... How do you want to start the story? <laughs> this is a spin. This is a spin. This is a spin with, with Reggie. Podcasters, welcome to another episode of the Spin Podcast. I believe we're in episode eight now. And what you just heard was a barbershop intro that was actually done and executed very well from today's guest, Brain Story. So I'm currently sitting in my bedroom, sipping on my tea. I've just recently moved from Pasadena. That was a long time home of mine um, in LA to Long Beach. And strangely enough, still L.A. County, even though it's about an hour away from the inner city. But now that I've settled in and I'm actually by 4th and Cherry Street, which is the area that's filled with cafes, dive bars, restaurants, vintage and record stores. And the beach is so close to me. I've never been this close to a beach. Everyone would always mention to me when I moved out to Australia, like, oh, since you live in California, are you always at the beaches? Fuck no. I would only go maybe once or twice a week. And now having the beach a 10-minute walk from here and being so accessible is, like, amazing. Just because the quality of the air is so different, I just feel like the breeze has a different kind of freshness to it. And I'm so grateful that I'm by the coastline. I don't know why it took me this long to move here to Long Beach. It's the closest I'll get to living back in Melbourne, Australia. I just feel like the people here are a lot happier almost than the inner city. Um, just walking down the street and going to grab a donut and coffee, people would be like, hey, good morning. How you doing? And I think that's a quality that Melbourne had that I kind of missed in L.A. Everyone's a little bit more down to earth. They're also very creative and there's a nice youthful crowd here. But also what I missed from Melbourne was cycling everywhere. Everyone cycles and you really don't need your car to get around. Long Beach almost feels like that 60s California dream that everyone strives for. The architecture, the aesthetic makes me want to listen to some Beach Boys. So it's safe to say that I already love you, Long Beach. And I can't wait to explore the music scene out here. I heard it's a, it's a pretty big music scene. So please send through any recommendations of venues, of bands that I should be interviewing here in Long Beach. And within a week of moving to my new place, uh, my buddies, Brain Story, hit me up because they wanted to be on the podcast and to help promote their gig at the Echo in Echo Park. So I met Kevin from Brain Story about three years ago while managing a Long Beach-based band. From the beginning, I kind of sensed how talented these guys were. Meeting up with them here at my place, this was probably like the first time I've seen them since I moved back from Australia. And over a glass of wine, we got to chatting about LBC music scene, what a wah-wah pedal is, <laughs> got to learn something new, and recording new music at the legendary Diamond Mind Studios in downtown LA. And also how much skateboarding impacted their introduction to playing music. And that really struck a chord with me personally because being the only girl at the skate park, 
back when I was maybe a preteen or a teenager and watching skateboarding videos. I remember the beginning of my discovery with indie alt music and being infatuated with it. Listening to bands like The Makeup, Block Party, Claxons, The Stooges for the first time just kind of woke something up in me. I did a bit of digging around on Spotify and actually found these really sweet playlists that someone put together. That's a Tony Hawk's American Wasteland playlist. And it just sent me back to being 11 and having scabs all over my knees and my elbows because of skateboarding. So if you're interested, I uh, totally suggest if you wanna relive being a preteen or a teenager, you check those playlists out. But anyway, here's my evening with Brain Story while we chat over some wine and I think they're eating grapes. I think I provided grapes for them. So if you could hear them chomping around, they are grapes. Okay, chuck, chuck. One, two, three. Can you guys say something real quick? Hello, hello, yes. What up? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hello. Okay, I think we're going to start now, guys. We should do a, a, a barbershop <coughs> trio. Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, there was a time in my life I used to manage a band that was actually based in Long Beach, and they're called Children, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Yep. And I would have to sell merch for them, and one specific time, I remember watching today, like today's guest, you guys, um, and being so intrigued by the way you guys performed. And tonight we're here in Long Beach on a rainy day, and I'm here speaking to a Buckadelic band, Brain Story. Buckadelia. <laughs> So thanks for coming to my home. This is the first time I've ever had any guests at this Long Beach place. I love having people over. So thanks for coming, even though it's been raining and so shitty with the weather. But I kind of want to go around with every person here and say your name and say what you contribute to the band. My name is uh, Tony Martin, and I play bass, and I sing, and I write songs, and I fart during practice. <laughs> cool. uh, thanks for having us. Uh, Christian Vasquez, I do rhythm guitar, and um, this is my first show with them. Oh. Yeah, yeah so pretty exciting. Go ahead, oh, Kevin. I'm Kevin Martin. I write songs, I sing, and uh, I play guitar in the band. And you also fart during <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> and um, given that Tony and Kevin are brothers. Mm -hmm. Is there someone else that's missing in the in the band? Sorry, I provided I provided yeah. breaks for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we also have Eric Hagstrom, uh, who plays drums, but he's not able to be here today. Shout out to Eric, wherever you are, working sir. Working man. Oh, he's working. <laughs> he's working. Working day and night. And given that you guys have spent so much time here in the LBC, um, any other bands coming from this area that are friends of yours or you know of? Yeah, we know um, Asifui. Asifui, um, mm -hmm. one of the legendary Ike Owens is from out here. Furcast. Oh, Furcast. Yeah, shout out to Furcast. Shout out to uh, Crime Wave. Crime Wave. Crime Wave's from here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I yep. didn't know that. The homies. And uh, who else? Shout out to 4th Street Vine Bar, mm -hmm. Joel Jasper, all the porch party heads. Force the Town. Sinai. A lot of bands. homies. It makes it exciting to move to a new city where there's like a lot of musicians around. Yeah, it's a real healthy scene over here. That was one of the things that really like made us like, like fuck with this place a lot because like, it's just like 
dope musicians and like cool places to play especially when you're just coming up it's just like a good like community something that i always kind of wanted to have yeah. and i and i guess we had it in rialto but mm-hmm. there wasn't there was no venues out there and yeah. anywhere to play and at home you know we'd mm-hmm. have to go to ontario or other riverside, riverside or play in backyard parties yeah. and shit. or uh p-town Shout out to Sugar Free Pomona. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so give like I'm just trying to understand because now that I've moved here, how is it that you guys found the community for music in Long Beach? You know, man, I had just was like, I think kind of our ambassadors to coming out as a band has been Chicano Batman. So mm-hmm. I used to go to their shows and they used to play around here a lot when they were coming up. So I kind of just started like just you know through any music scene I started just like going to their shows and just like kind of seeing who was supporting them um, when they came to play so folks like Rudy Danda and stuff like that um, people like that um, that I met when I came to the shows out here and you know just kept coming back and uh, just kept checking out stuff. And you guys are originally from Rialto, California and for the people that are listening that don't know where that's at it's about an hour and a half, an hour 15, um, east of LA. And having grown up in Pomona myself and being an IE kid myself, I'm really familiar with being surrounded by, by like the IE culture, meaning being around Latinos, being around kids that have like nothing to do. How did you guys find so much creativity living in a suburb towards like the San Bernardino desert area? Well, I think it started with like skateboarding. It was one of the like, you know, favorite pastimes. But at that time, skateboarding, like, skateboarding now is, like, all, like, it's, like, fucking legit, you know? It's, like, <laughs> yeah. fools, like, like Nikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A company the Olympics. Skateboarding. Yeah, it's, like, the It wasn't really like that. And yeah. it was, like, It was the know, beginning of that. Yeah, it was, like, well, they had, like, Toy Machine, you know? It was kind of more punk, DIY, yeah. like, you know, like, Ed Templeton. Yeah. Santa was, Cruz like, still was a thing back then as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it kind of died in, in the... 2000s a mm-hmm. little bit yeah. but yeah like people i think mo- mostly i look to like ed templeton because he was like an artist a photographer mm-hmm. but he was also a skateboarder and uh-huh. and we kind of always gravity we made like our own crews uh-huh. and like we would like make our own art and stuff like that yeah. so like yeah. but uh that was kind of in the formative years uh, well i think also too um there's a lot of people who are creative from that area but they just have no voice at all they're yeah, just no doing outlet. they're doing that shit in the room like djs yeah. there's a lot of like underground hip-hop and yeah. bands yeah I could relate and to they're that, just yeah. in the backyard you know yeah. you're just hearing the homie in his room doing yeah. it yeah well kind of the, the thing about like ie kids right and creative like inland empire kids is that i think it's almost i went to visit the uk last year and i went to liverpool where the beatles are from oh yeah so i was like so stoked i was like oh shit this is where the beatles got strawberry fields different amazing songs and then you go to the, these places and they're just bleak and almost yeah. like depressing and, and i'm like as hell yeah, yeah but it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah but that's what i'm saying maybe that's something to be said about that maybe. yeah no I, I i thought growing up in rialto as opposed to anywhere else um it's kind of like an incubated environment, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, you're kind of, you're stuck out there, you know, yeah, like you feel it's, trapped. It's, it's a real small it's town, real small. And like I said, there's no venues. There's no really outlets for any culture. Um, but it's like, 
so it was like us up to us and our friends to make it happen. Yeah, you know that, that, that was one thing I was gonna say is that you, when you live in these kind of areas, like other creative people just find you, like yeah. you, you somehow you connect and then it just you gravitate towards those people and then they become your friends. Yeah, and that's kind of how it all started. We all became friends through skateboarding, and then you know as we got older. People started, we have friends getting into painting, like doing yeah. like massive, you know, like artworks and mm-hmm. people, you know, we played music, like other, there's just different um, avenues of creativity that just kind of came out of our friends. Mm-hmm. That we, Maybe because you support one another as well. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, if my friend's doing it, then I could do it. And Oh yeah, yeah. we're getting inspired by our friends all the time. Yeah. And then growing up, it was like, that's... That was it. Like, you make the scene. You make yeah. everything. Everything is DIY. So Yeah. That's amazing, then. Yeah. We gave ourselves a voice. Yeah. Well, since you guys grew up in Rialto, you guys have just such an eclectic and soulful sound. What are some of the artists that you grew up listening to in your household and gave you kind of, like, an inspiration for, like, a profound sound that you guys have? I think for me and my brother, my dad. Yeah. He's, like, house. one of the main... Like, and our grandfather, too. Our grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like our dad for sure, like yeah. is a main pillar of what we do. He's an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. He's been all over the all over the country singing gospel music, mm-hmm. and um, like the '80s. And- yeah, but even when we were kids in the '90s, mm-hmm. he would do stuff. He went to Japan, did gospel workshops. Sweet. And okay. yeah. yeah, so he's he's legit. He, he really is, like, an amazing um, artist in general. And he just, like, always supported, like, us playing music no matter what. He bought us our first instruments. Like, like my first Wawa was, like, he came home from the swap meet, and he used to always come home. Wait, yeah. what is a Wawa? Oh, the pedal? The Wawa? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so <laughs> he would come home from the swap meet with this, yep. like, just a, a black plastic bag. And then one day he just smelling like peanuts. I was like, yeah, I was like eleven <laughs> or twelve, and he would just bring us stuff. Like he Aww. bought me a guitar when I was ten, and then now uh, you know, yeah. then he bought me an electric guitar when I was eleven, and then shortly after that he came home with that wah wah pedal, mm-hmm. probably a little and, and a Jimi Hendrix tape. Aww. Yeah, he did the same for me. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I think I was like fifteen. He saw my hands one day, and he was like. Oh, son, you got bass hands. And then he came back from the swap meet, <laughs> and he had an electric bass and a, a tape of all these famous bass players like giving like five-minute like little tutorials. So like, with that being said, do you have the bass face, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I've seen it before. You, faces, guys, you, you guys... You got the faces of bass. Oh, man. <laughs> no, they're amazing. Sorry. No. Okay. I see some pictures and I'm like, man, I look like pretty grotesque. Like I'm no, dying. No, it's it, but that's the thing. It's like music has taken over your body and you can't control your face, exactly. facial expressions. Yeah, exactly well, dude, that's like the church, yeah. like element. Yeah. You know, that's how my dad always. My dad's like a soloist, so he's like the one in the front, like yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of like grew up hearing that. Yeah, I mean, following Kevin too. I've I've seen these like adorable like uh, videos of your grandpa oh, yeah. playing. What instrument is he playing? Oh, he plays he plays uh, many instruments. Yeah, he plays the clarinet, the, mm-hmm. and then the alto and the tenor sax. Yeah, but I love seeing those videos because it it just 
it's almost like this like bloodline of musicians oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah i know this it's definitely this is definitely a legacy especially like i would have never even known about jazz at all if it wasn't for him yeah. he loves jazz he was, he was the guy that the first one like, that showed us all yeah that, that like opened the door and just left it open for years because we yeah. didn't we didn't we didn't get into jazz till i was like 15 yeah you know so it was like it was always like in the background at his house he was always yeah. listening to k jazz while he's like hmm. brushing his teeth and shit getting ready and stuff that's yeah. really sweet so given uh, and you know it's funny i hear your music and i hear a little bit of gospel but but a lot of soul artists started off as gospel artists oh, yeah and jazz musicians yeah you know what i mean they're all they all started exactly. in the church so did you guys sing at a church um, when you guys were growing up? It was just your your dad that was very was yeah, my just my dad. But like music was wasn't really like when we were growing up. Music was just normal. Like it was yeah. normal to have that amazing power like mm -hmm. around. Like it took me like being a little bit older and being a teenager and then realizing like, wow, there's a lot of dope shit around here. Yeah. Like what? Because I got really into punk rock music. Yeah. And then, then I remember going to church with my dad and being like, they're kind of getting the same energy. Like, what? This is yeah. crazy. And then once I got into jazz, and like, well, well, this is kind of the same thing too. Like, whoa, everything that I like is doing this thing, mm -hmm. you know? And it all comes from a certain source where you kind of just give it up. Mm, amazing. You guys have actually recently be been signed to Big Crown Records. Congratulations yes. on that. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. And knowing you guys for a while, this took some time because you guys were out in the music scene, in the LA yeah. music scene for a yeah. long time. Yeah. How does like a local band get signed? Did you guys like approach the record label or did they approach you guys? Um, yeah, well, Leon Michaels had heard our music from, because he produced the last Chicano Batman album. Okay. And at that time, I think it was January 2015, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, or 16, I don't know. Anyways, 16. Yeah, I think it was 16. Um, so at that time, we had cut a record, an EP, our last release, um, our self-titled EP with Eduardo Arenas of, mm -hmm. of Chicano Batman. And he produced our record. So when he was over there recording with Leon, he pretty much was like, hey, yo, check these dudes out. Well, well Leon mm -hmm. asked him. Oh, Leon asked yeah, him? Yeah, Leon asked him, like, so what are you working on? And then he oh, showed, yeah, him, yeah. showed us... He showed him the the EP that we oh, that sick. we made. I didn't know yeah. that. And this fool was down, and then it was at least two years later that he hit he hit us up on Instagram like, "Hey, you guys got demos? Like, send me some demos." Amazing. So then, yeah. so then, um, yeah, we just then it just recorded some demos and then sent them over to them, and then they were down. And it's funny how every artist has like a different story when it comes to getting signed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Some people throw out their demos and they're like hopefully someone will buy it yeah. but then some other people get they're playing a random gig and then someone approaches them or then someone it's just there's yeah. no like there's no there's jelly, no, like, no. Yeah, it's you fate. never know how it's gonna but you just keep on going you get me you just yeah. keep on doing your thing and it's, it's the hustle. yeah you gotta be resilient in yeah. this business at least like starting yeah. out we played in la or wherever they would yeah. you know pay us at least yeah, yeah, yeah a decent amount and we played like for like non-stop for like three four years yeah three, i mean three, i remember you guys like, being on and like being on every weekend yeah yep, yeah, yeah. We we're doing yeah. like sometimes we do like eight gigs a, 
a month. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's like not even counting like I got a jazz gig <laughs> and then on Tuesday I'm playing with this band. Like yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. And how did you guys as brothers decide like this is I wanna I wanna start this band. What was like the moment and when did you guys decide, okay, this is this is gonna be for real. Like we're gonna really work to yeah. make something of a career of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was kind kind of something that we talked about. Like yeah. when we get the band together. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we really took my my I w- I lived in uh, Oakland, mm-hmm. and I was in the Bay for a while. And he, my brother was out here, and he. I was just rotting away. You in know, Rialto yeah, he needed something <laughs> to do, so you know, he took the initiative and was like, "I'm gonna make this thing." And, you know, I was kind of rotting away in Oakland because I was being a jazz musician. And although I liked that music, I just wasn't being inspired by playing standards mm-hmm. and playing, you know, just kind of like not being inspired by, by the scene. Yeah. In a way, like I felt like I wanted some more creativity mm-hmm. to be happening. And so once he he started recording um that first EP, then, you know, I had a song and he liked the song and then we started just, mm-hmm. started doing it. Yeah, but, I, produced, you know. I produced our first one in a, my friend's like, it wasn't even a garage, it was like a side house that his dad built. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that sounds tight. And shout yeah. out to Corey McCormick, because <laughs> he nailed it. He, he played drums on the record, because this was before Eric, and so he played drums on the record. Yeah. And, um, and uh, killed it. So yeah. Shout out to Corey McCormick. <laughs> yep. How does it feel to be signed under an amazing label that has legendly fields and expressions on there, mm-hmm. and other like amazing musicians that are very again eclectic? They're not just like it's soulful. a little bit of everything, but it's also very soulful. Mm-hmm. How does that feel to be with such a badass label? Man, like that? it's it's amazing because like yeah, you know they're all the way in New York and Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, we're over here. We're the first band that they signed from the West Coast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I was just honored so off the bat. Yeah. But when we went to record with Leon and meet, um, you know, everybody at the label, like, it was just like home, you know? It was like, man, this is our home. Like, yeah. you know, it was very, like, serendipitous, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it felt right. It felt right. Yeah. Like, just like everybody was cool. We, you know, we vibed out good. They understood our humor. Mm-hmm. They, like, yeah. you know, it was just like, you know. Like a glove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fit like a glove. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And um, you actually have some good news coming up. You have an album hopefully yeah. going to be releasing soon. Yeah. What can you tell us about the um, next album? Uh, well, it's produced by Leon Michaels, and we recorded at the Diamond Mine, in, uh, which was like a lot of legendary people. You know, Charles mm-hmm. Bradley recorded there, mm-hmm. Lee Fields was I was just listening to Charles Bradley. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so, you know, um, but um, it's going to be, I mean, it's tentatively tentatively coming out in fall of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's it's kind of, for us, it's kind of like we kind of refining ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I was trying to just write a lot more concise and just like straight to the point kind of stuff course we have our like moments of like weird psychedelia crazy noise mm-hmm. pseudo jazz. jazz blah blah shit you know mm-hmm. but um i yeah it's 
It was fun to record. You know, we had a great time. We recorded it also in upstate New York at Leon Michaels' house, which was like super fun. Oh, we met I his bet. family and mm-hmm. you know. shout out to Pablo. Yeah, hey Pablo. <laughs> you guys got a lot of shout outs, huh? Yeah, we yeah. Got a shout out today. <laughs> Pablo. Um and with this new album that is very professionally recorded, yeah. how do you think it is different from recording it yourself, like your mini album, and then and then the album before that, a natural um, natural phantasm, phantasm, yeah. yeah. How how do you guys think those differentiate, uh, and like how how do you think they're different from one another, and what are the pros and cons in getting someone to record your stuff than mm. and produce them as opposed to yourself? Yeah. Um. I feel like they're worlds apart, really, because when you record with somebody who knows, like, it is a master of what they're doing, yeah, then then it's almost kind of like you can focus on, like, well, I'm going to focus on the performance of the recording, you mm-hmm. know? Like, if I'm unsure of something, I could just ask this person who's made all of these dope records, produced all these dope people, like, mm-hmm. and have, like, a certain amount of trust that they know music and that they know how to because that was like the thing about leon i had a song that we were kind of struggling with the vision and i told leon like oh i want it to be like this and this and he just boom he got it already yeah yeah. Yeah, and he knew he knew the subtle changes that needed to be made to help me get my vision Mm -hmm. it wasn't like any suggestions he made in the recording process or our performance were to make us meet the goal that we originally wanted even if it didn't come from my brain yeah you know which is like different from somebody kind of telling you what to do or what to play or no this is wrong you need to go this direction yeah you know so having that expertise and that that like craft Mm -hmm. definitely changes like the whole like process of recording in general because now you have like a master able to guide you yeah i think it's just like a lot more relaxed and easier you know to get you know they have a great sound in that studio so like Mm -hmm. if you're just in there playing your your shit like it's already sounding good like because of the space you know yeah and you know doing it yourself is some kind you know comes sometimes tedious because maybe you're doing it in your bedroom and you know what i mean it's just like you can't find that sound that you want. But it's yeah. just like, we didn't have to worry about any of that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was if, way easier. Yeah. And shout out to Yens, too. <laughs> Yens. Yes. Dude, that's my boy. This, we should have made this a drinking game. Like, every time you guys shot someone out, just, like, have a drink. Hey. <laughs> we would have to sleep over on the fucking floor. Uh, yeah, I know. Leave at four in the morning. Oh, Damn. Chip over here. How are you doing, Chip? Killed it. Alright, well, um, you guys actually have some more exciting news. You guys have a show in LA coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and who will be joining you for the show, and where can people find tickets, and when is it, and where is it? Um, well, we're going to have uh, Chola Orange, old friends of ours. Um, um, they're going to be the direct support. And the opening up is uh, William Alexander and the Peace Trinity, which... Uh, that's we'll, another long time homie. Yeah, another long time homie. Shout out. Shout my, out. <laughs> that's my boy. No, but it's going to be at the Echo on uh, Friday, December 14th. Um, you can get tickets at spaceland.com or you can get tickets. Um, you can get the ticket link in our bio on our Instagram or it's up on, or on Facebook. our Instagram too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. 
Um, and you actually have a special guest for the for the show as well. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, Carlos Arevalo from Chicano Batman. He's going to be spinning some records all night. And uh, Chicano Batman's a local Rialto band has put like you guys up as opening bands for previous tours yeah. and have kind of influenced what kind of influence have they had on you guys being that they are from the same area that you guys are from well only carlos is only one of them yeah. oh one of them is yeah, okay one of them is, yeah. okay yeah i went yeah. to high school with him uh, yeah, they're kind of all from a lot of different places uh, you know? yeah. from, the drummers from colombia mm-hmm. bass players from Boyle LA, heights, Boyle heights. Mm-hmm. and then the singer bardo is from like La La Mirada, so but seeing be, but seeing someone that you went to high school with is it kind of like inspiring to be like oh for sure if I, they, he could do it we could do it, it. yeah oh yeah no they, the, they're like the the pioneers kind of yeah, yeah, they, yeah. We, i mean i was like i said i was riding away in rialto mm-hmm. and i had a homie who was in a you know, at that, what I thought success at that time was like playing a dope ass show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, if these fools can play some sick ass shows, like I, I want to play some shows like yeah. this. You know, so I started like just like going to all the shows and just like just watching them do whatever they're doing. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's like sound check, like I didn't know shit about sound check. Like you know, like. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the IE, you just get to go on the stage and then like do a line check and they're like, okay, go play. And it's all feedbacking the whole time. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? I got a lot of tips from them and being around them, uh, especially Eduardo Arenas. He's like yep. really taking taking us under his wing, and you know we're just building a community and a family out of it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of you know, you know, been their role. Uh, Carlos Revelo has. You know, always they've all just shown us support by putting mm-hmm. us on big gigs or just trying to get us out there. We played like our first gig as Brainstory. Oh, with really? Them. Yeah, yeah they put us on. crazy. Wait, yeah. when was Whoa. that? When was... I was in like 2000. Bar. We had no rehearsal 12. at all. I didn't even really play electric bass because I was just playing <laughs> jazz. I was playing upright, so it was like it was crazy. Hey, There's a video out there. Oh, wait, wait. So what venue was that? I'm just at curious. the M Bar in Boyle Heights. <laughs> Yeah, it was Is that bug. still existing, that bar? That? You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think the M bar, it's not called the M bar no more, but yeah. it's some bar, though. Yeah. So, like, again, seeing Chicano Batman just, like, strive on their own terms as yeah. well. Uh-huh. Um, what are some of the goals for your band? What do you guys want from Brainstory? Like, short-term goals, meaning, like, kicking ass on the next show. Yeah. And then long-term goals for you guys. I mean, one of my goals to sh- like, I guess this would be the long term as far as looking back at where I was in Rialto and mm-hmm. just like so desperate. I was so desperate to just play music mm-hmm. and 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 go out there and show people what you know, you know, because we study jazz. Like I just worked so many years on my craft of playing the guitar, and I was just like, I'm ready to like do this now, you know. So one of the main goals for starting the band in general was to just travel and see the world. Mm-hmm. doing what I love so yeah that's one of the long-term goals I guess the short term is just shit just put this out <laughs> yeah, yeah get this shit go on to the next one yeah yeah you on know, to the just, next one just keep it going you know yeah you know, but um I think at least for me like one of the major in, like impetuses for the band or whatever mm-hmm. um is to bring a certain amount of like spirituality and also like improvisational performance to spaces and crowds that would never ever hear that shit yeah you know what i mean like 
like playing some like improvisatory, very like jazz inspired music in front of a crowd of Latinos or people, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, from the community mm -hmm. or young people, people, mm -hmm. who, you know, who normally just hear bands and the bands play and then it's over, you know, where it's like our shows, the goal for me is always to create something new that, mm -hmm. that was only going to happen once. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and through that, you can really reach levels of like spirituality that, mm -hmm aren't always presented in places you know where you see bands yeah like, you know like bringing my own version of what church is you know that's mm -hmm. that's not about religion it's mm -hmm. about you know something out deeper uh, it's just know? about being able to try to live free in the moment you know mm -hmm. that's what improvisation does for i think at least you know musicians it's it it takes up all the chains of like structures and stuff like that well i mean you know there is structure yeah. always yeah. but it's just like you're free to do whatever you want within this within yeah. the structures and like you know you could take it out of the structure you know but we the structure that sometimes is there, too. you know the yeah. structure is there for you to fall back on mm -hmm. but just that that experience for me as a player when i'm playing you know something it's like there's no other feeling that i can get out of life mm -hmm. other than literally playing music for people who are just listening yeah and like you know it's it's like you tap into something just more you know beyond it's you know? it's it's, its yeah. own religion i, I want to say yeah, like, it, is, it, it, it is, is its own thing um and with that being said with you guys being such a like positive influence um for music what do, what do you want to tell the kid in rialto that's stuck and wants to be creative hey dog smoking <laughs> smoking them blunts with your homies in the car ain't gonna be you know yeah. you ain't gonna last forever nope there's a hit doesn't. that but yeah. it's just like man you know get your shit together like like you know trust yourself um build like, your craft build your craft like be unstoppable as far as like you know nobody can tell you how to do what you do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like if I, you know, because I, I was filled with so much self-doubt. Because in, in, over there, it's like, it's very desolate. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a way out, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And, you know, thank God for Chicano Batman in our case. Because mm -hmm. they were like, here's a way out, you know? <laughs> for me, you know, for all of us. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, I just always would want the music to encourage people. No matter what you're doing, art, or just fucking living life. Like, just to be a better person and just be the fucking... 100% you, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. because that's what the world needs is like 100% mm -hmm. you because when you're 100% you, you know, you feel everything, you know, you feel other people. Authenticity. Yeah, yeah. you know, and there's compassion that is instilled in being yourself, you mm -hmm. know, because when you be yourself, you're going through your journey and then you see other people going through their and mm -hmm. theirs and you're just, you know, you want to pass that on, you know, because it's, you know, you don't live forever, you know, it's, it's a privilege to, to be able to do all of this yeah. in general. Yep. So. All right. Well, in that light note, I'll, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm never really good at leaving these, uh, conversations cause they're so deep, but it's like, well, uh, let's, uh, wrap well, let's talk up. about something more like, <laughs> all right guys. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. to my home and I hope that this was a nice experience as much as it was for me. But um, I'm really excited to see you guys at the Echo in Echo Park on the 14th of December. And you'll be playing with Chola Orange with William Alexander and the Peace Trinity. All right. Well, I'll see you guys later. Bye.
thank you so much to Legends Brain Story for taking the time and driving down to Long Beach and being my very, 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 very first guest at my new place. And the music you heard on this episode was provided by Brain Story from their self-titled mini-album, Brain Story. Check out all their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. They'll also be playing tonight, Friday, December 14th, in Los Angeles at The Echo, alongside Chola Orange and William Alexander and the Peace Trinity, with Carlos Arevalo from Chicano Batman spinning some sweet vinyl. And thank you so much for making this so fun for me. I love having the privilege to be able to share amazing music and music that I love and listen to on my daily life and be able to share it with like-minded music lovers like yourselves. If you do dig what we do here at The Spin Podcast, we are completely independent. And all we ask for is just a subscription, a rate, and a review. And if you have any other friends that dig the same kind of music we've been playing on The Spin, please feel free to give us a new listener and share us. We also are always, always, always on our social media. So we're on Instagram and Facebook, and you could find us under The Spin Podcast. If you want to send through some music or be interviewed, we are always looking for um, musicians to interview. Feel free to email me at thespinwithreggie at gmail.com. That's the spin with R-E-G-G-Y. But I'll leave you guys with Brain Story's song called Water. Until next time, babies. See ya. huge sorry to my mother-in-law in northern england that listens in every episode and has to hear me curse sorry mama brown